Hi, this is Dr. Adrian. Welcome to Health Bite, the podcast where we explore all things health and wellness. Hi there, Health Bite podcasters. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Udim, and I am back for another installment of our Hungry for More series. As I have mentioned, we have taken a shift in the podcast this season to explore and deepen our understanding of the physiologic, emotional, and spiritual aspects of our hunger. As always, I hope to provide you with education and in doing so, small, actionable health bites towards your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. Let's dig in. Welcome back. I am back for another installment of our Hungry for More podcast series. As I mentioned several episodes ago, We have taken a shift in our podcast to explore and deepen our understanding of our physiologic, emotional, and spiritual hunger. As always, I hope to provide you with education and small, actionable bites towards your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. So far in this series, we have talked about a lot. We've talked about the anatomy of hunger, the hormones that physiologically regulate our hunger and our satiety. We've also talked about the science behind emotional eating and why we are all emotional eaters. Emotional eating is literally hardwired into our neurochemistry. And finally, last week, we discussed mindset and how it applies to habit change and to health outcomes. If you haven't listened to these episodes so far, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them. They are quick, hopefully useful pearls of information to help you understand your emotional, mental, and physical well-being a little bit better. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Today, we're going to talk about self-compassion. Self-compassion is a practice that is being talked about a lot right now in terms of mindfulness, mindfulness meditation, in terms of habit change, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Self-compassion is a practice of providing kindness and understanding to ourselves, particularly in light of disappointment and our failures. This is by human nature a very difficult task, but it really is essential to our growth and to our evolution as people. We often feel that we have to execute some activity or action perfectly in order to reach our goals. Consider, for example, if we start a new dietary practice, we intend to eat clean, for example. We will often sabotage ourselves if we feel that we have deviated from whatever expectation we have in our mind. The truth is that the meal or the weekend usually doesn't kill, quote, the diet, but it's the mentality around it, the inability to accept our imperfections or our quote failures that in the end does us in. To be perfect is a human wish, but it is also not realistic. And the truth is that imperfection is the human condition. So how we respond to these imperfections, to these so-called failures, really determines how we are going to grow and to evolve. Self-compassion is the practice that allows us to cultivate kindness and understanding in the setting of our very flawed and messy lives. And the science again shows that if we can cultivate a practice of self-compassion, it really is conducive to more successful habit change. In fact, if you are self-compassionate, you're much more likely to engage in behaviors that will help you succeed your goals, and you are much more likely to maintain them if you are mindful. 
So what are the three elements of self-compassion? The first is self-kindness and not self-judgment. So in the prior example of our hopes for dietary perfection, how do you respond to that falling off the wagon? How do you respond to your imperfection? Do you have a sentiment of kindness and understanding towards yourself? Perhaps understanding that you had a difficult day or you were using food to soothe? Or do you judge and criticize yourself when you feel inadequate? How do you feel in those moments? Think of a time in which you experienced a setback or felt disappointment in yourself. Think about how that made you feel and think about how that affected your motivation. In those moments of self-deprecation, how motivated do you feel to continue to go on? Probably not so much. Now, can you try and reframe that moment with an attitude of kindness towards yourself? Often what I'll tell my patients is, if you can't do this for yourself, pretend that you're talking to your child, for example. Consider that you're talking to your best friend. How would you respond if they relate the story, if they relate their story of imperfection? It probably would be much different than the story that you're telling yourself. The second is to acknowledge our common humanity. Again, as I said before, imperfection is the human condition. We are by definition imperfect. Often when we suffer, we imagine that we are the only ones. We look at people around us. Maybe we look at people on Instagram, people that we admire, role models, and we imagine that those people are perfect in the way that they live their lives. But the truth is that no one is alone in the struggle. No one can always be what they want. No one can always have what they want. No one can always get what they want. Being human means falling short and therefore suffering imperfection or failure. But how does a sense of common humanity make you feel about that? When we consider that we are all the same, that we all suffer the same imperfections, it allows us to have a little bit more kindness, again, towards ourselves. A sense of common humanity also makes us feel less alone. So again, go back to that setback that you thought of earlier and consider in the context of common humanity, how do you feel about that setback now? Can you sense a degree of lightness, softness around it? Can you sense a degree of you are not alone? The third aspect is mindfulness. We all experience negative thoughts. Self-critical thinking, again, is part of our mind's workings and part of our human condition. Often we think these thoughts so quickly, so routinely, so habitually, that we don't even realize that we are thinking them. Some examples that I hear sometimes from patients are, oh, I'm not an exerciser, or I'm not an athlete, or perhaps they share what they see in the mirror and relay that the moment that they see themselves, the first thing they think is, oh, I'm fat, for example. These negative critical thoughts, again, are often automatic. We don't even think that we're thinking them because we're thinking them so quickly and routinely. So the first step in interfering with that automatic process is with mindfulness. Can you be mindful in that moment that you were thinking this negative thought? When you become aware of these thoughts, then you're able to create some distance between yourself and the thought. And with distance, you're able to question them. Are these thoughts really true? 
Is it true that I am inherently not athletic? Or is it more true that I just haven't tried or I haven't trained? You can learn through mindfulness not to over-identify with these negative thoughts, as well as not to engage with them so heavily, not believe so wholeheartedly that they're true. And to remind yourself that just because you think it does not make it real, does not make it truth. So again, the three components of self-compassion are mindfulness, acknowledging our common humanity and the human condition. And lastly, practicing self-kindness, not self-judgment. Now, sometimes when we talk about self-compassion practices, people think that the fact that it doesn't come naturally to them means that they are just inherently not a self-compassionate person. That perhaps there are other people who are hardwired differently to have more kindness towards themselves, to have more self-compassion. But again, the science shows that this is a practice that can be cultivated, something that we can foster in ourselves through practice. So how do we do that? There are various techniques. One that I would recommend is a mindfulness practice. And specifically, there are mindful self-compassion practices. These are mindfulness meditation practices that, again, help you cultivate awareness of your thoughts and a sense of self-compassion. Another really powerful tool is a tool of journaling. Sit down several minutes every morning or maybe every evening and write down your thoughts. Write down what those thoughts are. That way, when they are out on paper before you, you have, again, the opportunity to disengage from them, to evaluate them, and to really consider not only are they true or untrue, but what are they doing for you? Are they empowering you? Or more likely, are they demotivating and disempowering you? You can see in that context how these negative thoughts and the lack of self-compassion can take you away from positive habit change and successful changes in your lifestyle. Finally, I want to leave you with this. There is a journal prompt that I recommend often to my patients in the office, and it's one that I practice myself. I recommend it every morning, first thing, and I call it the fives. Five prouds, five forgives, and five commits. What I recommend is that every morning you get up and write down five things that you're proud of. They don't have to be extraordinary. They don't have to be monumental. They just have to be five things that you feel good about in that moment. The second is writing down five forgives. What are five things that didn't go the way that you planned? Five things that were disappointing to you or were considered by you to be failures. Can you write them down and can you forgive yourself? For them. And the last is five commits, writing down five things that you commit to yourself with certainty. And what I recommend in terms of commits is that we don't take too big of a bite. We don't need to commit to six days of one hour of running per week. We can commit to small changes, small bites, small actions that over time make a big impact in your health and well-being. So I hope that this podcast was helpful, short and sweet. If you are more interested in learning about our hungers, 
I recommend that you check out my new book, Hungry for More, Stories in Science to Inspire Weight Loss from Within. It is now available on Amazon in Kindle version, paperback and hardback. I also direct you to Dr. Adrian Udeem on Instagram, where I post almost daily small health tips and inspiration. And finally, I ask that if you like this episode and the ones that have come prior, that you like and subscribe us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you podcast, and that you share this podcast with your friends, your family, and your peers. Wishing you a happy and healthy week, and I will see you again next week. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and are inspired to take a small bite towards your own health and wellness. If you love what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or anywhere else you podcast and share us. If you're looking for more inspo, you can find lots of content and sign up for my newsletter at dellnutrition.com. There, you can learn more about me and my curated line of supplements and functional protein bars. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.